Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proves to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Is it possible that Tommy Boy to you is what Caddyshack is to me? Is that even possible? Is that possible? Hey, everybody. Thanks for popping in today. This is literally, I am Rob Lowe. Um, today, I love doing episodes where I get to meet somebody that, it, that I've never met before. Um, cool people. It's one of the reasons I do this gig. Tom Segura, he's here. He's a funny MF. Um, he's just a funny guy. Also, as you guys know, if you listen to uh, a lot of literally when the comedians are on, it's when the show comes alive. Alive. It's alive. So, um, Tom Segura, fellow Ohioan, fellow Buckeye. Let's get down. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Psyched. I'm psyched. I was in your 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 little dojo um, doing two bears. Uh, oh, you were with Bert, right? Yeah. I was. Yeah. The, yeah. The, big round bird. Now, first of all, the seat, the setup over there is pretty sick. That's that, you know, that's Bert's exclude. Like that's his personal compound. Well, like what, the, the show oh. normally records out of Austin in our studio. Uh, that's like a, a studio space there. He built that what you went to like just on his own recently to do his multiple podcasts. Have you been to it? I did. I was in LA and um, I went there and I was like, what have you guys done here? Yeah, it's pretty wild. It is. It's like having a dream where you go back in time to when you're a kid and you want to have every horrible candy, Pop-Tart, drink. Yeah. I mean, it was, they had Pop-Tarts there. Dude, I mean, it's everything like Bert is a, like a teenage kid who's just rich now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Indulges in all the things that you, a kid would want. So it all makes sense. I'm telling you, I absolutely loved hanging out in that place. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool what they did. It was super fun, but we missed you. Um, I, w I wish I could have been there. Were you on the road? You're a busy boy. 
Yeah, I've been pretty busy. Um, I forget when you guys recorded it. I've been, I have been touring relentlessly. I just kind of got off tour. Um, but you know, it never, like, it never really stops. I mean, you still, no, yeah. still doing back to doing that. I'm doing, you know, all the showbiz stuff that keeps going. And then now with the special coming out, I'm, I'm just doing tons of press on top of that. So yeah, it just, it never ends. I know it's so funny. People always go, so what do you, so when you're not shooting, like, like, so you're, you're sort of what the version of what I do, I would say is being on tour. My thing is doing television shows or movies. And so when we're not doing those things, people are like, so what are you doing, man? You, you, you busy? You got some time off? And I'm always like, well, eh, there isn't really any time off because like you not said, really. the sh- like the showbiz stuff is the stuff that I realize, I, I feel like I'm not working because I'm not on a set and not getting up at 4.30 in the morning and being driven or showing up there or whatever and working for 12 hours, but like, it's still work. It's like, well, there's a podcast yeah. here. There's an interview there. There's, yeah, you don't, you don't really stop. No, never. It's a, it's a zoom call with a direct, what, right. And is that the same for you? I, I, I'm doing all the, all the, you got to meet with this guy. He's the, this is the casting director who wants to see you about this thing. <laughs> and, then you, and then you're like, oh, they love you. They always love you. That's the thing. I'm like, you know, I've, you have guys have yet to call me and tell me about somebody who didn't love me. Except I have never seen these people again. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. They they love you. They love everything about you, and they go on to make seventy five projects and lose your number. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, where? How? Where's the love? I thought they loved me. I thought they loved me, and, and it, it that never ends. How about people who never, ever, ever like there could be a a, a role that that's literally it's you. It's you. Yeah. It's actually you. It has your name. The role's called Tom, right? Yeah. And and it's like, you, the phone never rings. And you're it's, like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Next time I sit next to fucking Marty Scorsese, fuck that guy. You know what? Yeah, fuck him. Fuck it. He's you know, frail. I'll give him an elbow next time I see him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. You, know, no, you know what? You know what? Next time I sit next to Wes Anderson, I'm going to pummel him. Do it. You could you could whoop his, you could whoop both those guys ass at the same time. I believe well, I, it. I perfect. I I chose two dudes. I knew I could take. So you could fuck and, him and, up. And, and, are they, and who I, are who are the directors that could actually kill you? Yeah. Well, for sure, I don't want to fuck with James Cameron. I don't care how old he is. Really, I don't want to fuck with Jim. No, because because he's in, like an intimidating person. He's super intimidating. He's super intense, dude. The guy's been to the mer- bottom of the Marianas Trench. Yeah. Well, I was watching that Arnold, uh, so it's like that new series, like the doc thing on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was even saying, like, I guess on, on Terminator, that, um, you know, he, he was like, I, I, I'd like to say I'll come back instead of, instead of I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. And Cameron was like, do I tell you how to fucking flex your muscles? And he was like, what? And he's like, I'm, I wrote this shit. Not, you don't fucking pick the words he was like oh okay <laughs> like so you know he just well, that that also reminds me of this bit see if you think this is funny i'm kind of obsessed with and that's a perfect example iconic movie lines that yeah. done differently don't resonate at all yes it's a perfect like, there's between i'll be back and Later today, I'm going to be in the neighborhood and I will be here again. Well, that you know that that's part of the story too, right? That, that the script says, I'll come back. And so on one of them, he accidentally said, I'll be back. And then Cameron was like, oh, that's perfect. And then Arnold tried to go like, no, no, no. Like, I want to say it. it the other way. And he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what works. But yeah, if you tried to like, if, you, if he had said, I'll come back, it would not land the same way it's like um i'll make instead of i'll make him an offer he can't refuse i'll force him to do it okay right (laughs) no one's talking about it ever again no one's ever what's another great famous movie line uh it's james bond i have that one yeah Yeah. and yeah and instead of james bond james bond james bond um Put it into put it in a tumbler, and yeah. but 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 don't put a spoon in it. I like it just regular. Yeah, instead of shaken, not stirred. Yeah, dirty's fine. Whatever. I just want to get drunk. And they were like, okay, 
Show me the money. I want to see the legal tender. It doesn't really work. Cash. If they, if they could wire it, all of it, I would just put it all in the account. You know, you could Venmo me. Venmo. Gold never seems to really be a bad investment if they want to give us that. I like um, famous speeches. My favorite speech in movie history is Robert Shaw and Jaws. Y'all know me. No, I make my living. Right? You know who? I think everybody in the room um, is familiar with uh, my fishing industry. Um, that animal is, um, it's larger, I think, than you guys are thinking that it is. I think it's, it's much. Pro- I think it's much, much larger. Um, an animal like that, see, the way it feeds is <laughs> it takes you and it, it puts its teeth in you and, and it gets you soft and then it consumes you. Yeah, it's not as, it looks more violent than, it's only because they don't have hands. That's what you learn about these animals is that if they had hands, it would be a much, it wouldn't be so much thrashing, you know? And the, the price that you guys are offering, frankly, I don't think it's appropriate. I, I'd like a little bit more. I mean, I would, I would take what you're offering, but I'd probably only go out for a half day. More legal tender. But if you give me what I'd like, I will go out all day. And for that, you'll get the entire fish. That is not a good speech. It's not as good as the speech in Jaws. It's definitely not. Yeah, what about what? You know, I fucking, I love Tommy Boy so much. Oh, thank you. And uh, what is it? The, uh, the, these, these shoes are worth more than your life. <laughs> these shoes. Are, well, that's funny you say that because that, that was a line that I wasn't sure was funny. Really? Yes. And we, oh God, I can still remember saying that at school. That's when you know you hit a home run with a line because you go to school and you start saying it to your friends, you know? I'm so glad I said that line. I vividly remember, again, this, it's so funny dialogue. It's like, I was like, this is such a, I don't know what my problem was with it. Looking back on it, I really don't. But I remember I was like, "Mm," it didn't rise to the level of like, or I didn't want to say it, but I was like, and and the other thing I remember was when we did Maniac and I'm spraying Chris in the face, uh-huh. I was, I would have thought we were, when I sprayed him that he just kept dancing, but instead yeah. he started laughing and that's the take they used. And it's great. Yeah, it's great. The, um, the, the thing that I think really makes <laughs> the, 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 these shoes are worth more than your life <laughs> really funny is that you read as having complete disdain for him. And yes. that's what's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I imagine that like, I, I mean, in the times that I've played a dick or an ass, I think it's the most, like one of the most fun things to play. Right. Oh yeah. Because everybody has a bit of that inside, like where you want to, you want to say the disrespectful shitty thing, but we all obviously, you know, only like psychos really do that. But watching that character it's so fun because you could tell that it's like it's gen like it feels like genuine arrogance and contempt that he has for this guy, and it and when you play it grounded, that's like, like the the funniest shit in comedy is is if it's like it's believable, you know, yeah. like when it gets like wacky, it's like it I don't know, it just doesn't land. But that's why that lands so funny is it is that it feels so real. Yeah, it's not. That's that's a good point. The character is not saying it as. A bit. He's actually saying, "Yeah, yeah, these uh, these shoes are, are worth more than I would pay for your life." It's like that's <laughs> it's such an like you're such an asshole. That's what's so funny, you know. Spade yeah. has one of my favorite ad libs ever. Yeah, it's in it's in the movie, and you'd never know it was an ad lib. It's like in the fi- and like there's a final scene in the conference room where it's revealed that I'm a bad guy, and Bo Derek's been in on it. The big the reversal of fortune sequence, right? Yeah, is uh. I stand up and he stands up and he goes, Hey, Lee Harvey. Cause I have that haircut like Lee Harvey Oswald in the, <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So funny, dude. Um, thank you. That's a fun one. I, I, um, that's the one where, um, I would, I would take Farley out for dinner and we would go, you know, we would go get steak. Farley would own, would order two bone in steaks, two porterhouse, two. Really? Would eat, would eat them in their entirety. But not only that, on top of each bite, each bite, he put a cube of butter and ate it. God. And I was like, Chris, what are you doing? And yeah. he would 
hold up the piece of steak with a cube of butter on it and go, <laughs> it needs a hat. Hear this, man. That's a tr- that is a true story. Do you feel like, because I always like, like, you know, the, the thing that is like really hits you when you go from like stand up to sets yeah. and you're shooting stuff is like the, the big thing about stand up is that you have immediate feedback, right? Like, you know, when it's like funny, you know, when it's like marginally funny, you know, when you're killing and you know, when you bomb. And like, I remember the first time I shot something where they were like, hey, cut and move. And I was like, are we done with that? And they're like, yeah. And I went I to the director. I was like, did you get what you needed there? And he goes, we wouldn't move on if I didn't. And I was like, okay. And I was like, was that funny? He's like, yeah. I go, okay. And I was like, and then sometimes we were, I've shot things where like the whole crew falls apart. Like everyone's laughing so hard. And they're like, all right, let's do that again. I'm like, oh, that would be the great one to do. And they're like, no, no, no. Like when you shoot a movie that's like Tommy Boy, where it's like this, I mean, it's like, like that's really become a, I mean, that's a classic dude. Like, you know, it's like every, like that movie, I, I remember, I mean, that played right into my, I'm in high school when that comes out. I went to see that movie multiple times. Like we laughed so hard. Do you, is it possible that Tommy Boy to you is what Caddyshack is to me? Is that even possible? Is that possible? I think it totally is because wow. like, you know, like when you see movies, it, I think it, everything is so contingent on like your age when you see things too, right? Like, yes. oh, 100%. And like, everyone always talks about like their SNL cast. I'm like, yeah, it depends what age you are. That's right. And like that SNL cast was mine. It was like Spade, Farley, yeah. Rock, Sandler. Like that was just the, my age where we're yep. just perfectly for that. But like, when you shoot that movie, are you like, this is like a straight to DVD or do you, do you feel like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you feel no, like, right. you, you know, like this is really going to be something? Okay. So it's interesting. So I had that little run where it was Wayne's World, yeah. Tommy Boy, Austin Powers, right? So Jesus. And on Wayne's World, well, when I, when I first hosted SNL, I was meeting with Mike. I literally just met him in the, his writer's room. And he says, do you want to do a Wayne's World or a Sprockets? And I remember going, oh, that's not even a close call. I, I, I don't get Wayne's World at all. I want to do Sprockets. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so we did Sprockets. And it was, we, we had a blast. So then they're making Wayne's World as a movie. And L- Lauren, I, I wandered into that world. Um, and they put me in it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. And then I went, so I thought it would be whatever. I mean, no high hopes, but like maybe cult, maybe a cult movie, maybe, or maybe a, a disaster. And I went, I'll never forget it. I've been to a lot of screenings in my life. I went and saw an advanced early cut on the lot at Paramount with Mike. And it was killing. And when Bohemian Rhapsody came on and they're in the car mo- shaking, just doing that stupid bobblehead thing. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've never seen a theater go. They, they would have literally torn the seats out if they could have. Really? Yeah. Um, and then Tommy Boy felt kind of the same. I knew, I, I thought it was funny. I, I, I thought, I thought it was going to be a good movie. I had no idea if anybody, it was, it was really sort of an afterthought. It is ne- never did anybody think it would have the kind of staying power. I mean, I, I was um, talking to Jonah Hill the other day and he's like, no, dude, you don't understand. It's my favorite movie ever. I go, oh, that's so really hilarious. Thank you so much. So, you know, good fellas. And like, no, 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 no. Tommy boy. Like, yeah. All right. Whatever. Well, I mean, you know, as well as anybody, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly talking about this from like just a, a, a consumer, like a viewer of movies, but like, it's so hard to nail a movie. Um, I think it's even harder to nail comedies. Like they, yeah. they, it, it's just like, you know, with, it's almost like you have a better chance of like just following a blueprint when you're doing a drama. Like this yes. is just, and you can, but yeah. like you have, the thing about comedies is like the comedy has to be there, but the story has to be there. And like, you guys have heart in that story. A lot of heart. A lot of heart. And like, it's, it's believable heart. Cause it can't be like, can't be like 
that where it feels forced and like, oh, they're trying to make this have heart. Like it feels genuine. And I think a bit, obviously it's big credit to Farley on, on, on that. Like you just buy that, like you buy the, the dynamic with him and his dad and, big and, time. and like, yeah, it's like, it's, 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 I can see why, why he was, you know, like he was the guy uh, in that movie. It's like, it, well, he wasn't just funny. Like he had, he really, you connect him. with him. It was yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, and, and Chris's dynamic with his actual father is very, I mean, he could, it was easy for him to plug in cause that was their relationship. And, and, and Spade's really great on it. He's that scene where he's, I think he says a scene where he doesn't, he talks about, I don't have any friends or you're my friend yeah. or whatever. He's great in it. And, and all of that stuff you completely believe. It's like, I love, super bad i think super bad is one of the great movies ever yeah i think that's yeah. one of the great movies ever made yeah. and it's be, again it's because of the heart you believe like you believe all all of it and there's everybody in that movie is just what's destroying. your what's your take on why they don't fucking make studios don't make comedies i know i mean we, i guess we should really go back and look at the first ones that underperformed like, and that's really that really is it. It's like that's one hundred percent. Like yeah. what happened? Summer is almost here. Are you ready to throw open your windows or throw them away? If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding, featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD, schedule your free consultation, and tell them you heard about it here on Literally with Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas. Vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, Golf is nuts there. Foodies. You got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's traveltexas.com slash get your own. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Like... 40-year-old virgin, super bad. Um, you know, uh, this is the end, you know. Um, Pineapple Express. I mean, there are so many that were fun and worked and then- and doing well. And then now, 
also the thing is now you see trailers for comedies and you're like is this this is the movie it looked like well, almost all the trailers look like parodies of movies you're like holy shit they made this this looks terrible well i got one for you um it's worse than television there's this show yeah. out there right now called beef perfectly good show on on right. uh you've seen you know which one i'm talking about yeah the ali wong show yeah the ali wong show so yeah. it's going in as a it's a series it's going into the emmys as a limited series because they think it's yeah. gonna have more so p- people screw around with with like the categories and so you don't really know what you're getting i remember amy poehler would come in after every emmys being nominated one of the great performances in parks and rec year in year out just crushing yeah and she would lose every year to um nurse jackie in the comedy really? in the comedy car- category they put edie falco in the comedy category. And that's my, silly. Yeah, that's really silly because Edie so, Falco was great in that. I saw she's a great. Bit of it's that, not funny. But it, no, it wasn't like a, it was like, oh, it was the kind of thing where you're like, oh, that's, that's funny. That m- moment of real life that she played so genuinely and yeah. well, but yeah. you weren't like, oh, this is a really hot, like laugh out loud. No, they weren't, they were not, they should not have been the same category for sure. And that's the new thing we're living in. So when you have that in streaming, where um, comedies are these like edgy, provocative, in-your-face, um, gritty, which is all really, really good and interesting, and I love stuff like that. But did you actually laugh out loud ever? Ask yourself. Right. And, yeah. and you know what I think it is? I think it's really simple. It's, it's ha- wa- the same answer as why multi-camera quote-unquote live audience sitcoms became such a hack fest when when we grew up there was the mary tyler moore show the bob newhart show cheers friends frazier those were great great award-winning smart comedies and i for whatever reason people started to perceive that as not cool. Yeah. And so they don't want to do it. And I think actually writing, doing something just for people to laugh is perceived as not cool. There's no doubt That's, in my mind. There's no doubt yeah, in my I mind. I think you're right. I think you're right. And the, you know, the funny thing is they, um, they keep talking about how like all the streamers and the networks are begging for someone to nail another multicam. But I feel like one of their big flaws in this thing is that they inject themselves, meaning like the 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 network or the streamer, and they suckify yes. what people like. Because like I I yeah. was involved with one where they they offered me a multicam thing, yep. and I was like, yeah. But through the process, I was like, yeah. But this isn't. Already, I'm looking at the pages. I'm like, this isn't even what we were talking about. So I was already turned off from. Oh. What, what was discussed? I was like, this isn't like now. It's not. It is. It isn't cool. What you're what you're proposing that we do. So here's a good one. So, I, before I did the West Wing, before I'd ever done anything in television, I I've just finished the sort of Lorne Michaels, My, Mike Myers part of my career. Tommy Boy, right? Right after Tommy mm-hmm. Boy. Right after Tommy Boy. And is that Mike, 95, 96? Yeah, exactly. And nice. Mike Myers has this idea for me. Now, Mike is an idea machine. Everything at this moment in his life, every single idea he has is gold. You know, everybody gets in a run. Yeah. He's in that run. And he goes, I have an idea for you. You should do this as a multicam. It's you. And by the way, this is before Robert, I did the Robert Wagner thing. Yeah. And, and before he ever worked with Robert Wagner, he goes, you and Robert Wagner should play father and son. Robert Wagner basically plays himself a iconic legendary TV character who's in the next phase of his life. And you're the son who could never get out of his shadow, who lives in the guest house in Beverly Hills. Yes. That's the show. I sell that show. And by the time I'm done with the network's notes, it stars Dan Hadea as my father. 
and we have a sports bar in Chicago. How did it get to that? It's a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the old thing of boiling a frog alive where you go, you go, you know, I don't really see, but you know, listen, if, if I do, if I give them this one, you know, I mean, I don't want them to just sour on this idea. I want to make this show. I mean, the whole point is to you know, get a show made. Yeah. And what you realize going through the process is no, you make the show you want to make. By the way, it was awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. I mean, no, the, no disrespect to Dan Hedaya, but it's a long way from Robert Wagner. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I think he knows that. Um, yeah. The, the, the so yeah, so the way you end up is, is like they keep going like, how come we can't get a great multicam? And you're like, because you keep fucking it up. Yeah, it would be so good to do one. Yeah, and as you know, like as the actor, it would be a way better lifestyle to just show up to the oh, multicam. Oh God, I used those those friends bastards. God, I, I we used we shot the West Wing three sound stages down from them. They would yeah. we'd be there at five in the morning on Monday, and I'm not kidding you. On Friday, we would leave as the sun was coming up over the lot Saturday morning. I'm not kidding. Sure. This is yeah. not an exaggeration. The friends, people would roll in at noon. Everyone had a Ferrari, different cars. They would come and go. It was the yeah. most insane thing I'd ever seen. It was They're like, it was we taped amazing. Thursday, man. We had a nice three-day weekend. It was great. Three-day yeah. weekend. Get out of here. Um, so you're from Cincinnati. Is that right? Originally, I was born there. I uh, I lived in the uh, suburbs for the first nine years of my life, and then uh, I moved uh, a number of times. So, um, but it's like the time because I'm from Dayton. Oh and, yeah, and I'm wondering, were you like, did you go to Reds games? Did you like give me your Cincinnati experience? Because I, I bet you we have a ton in common. Because nineteen, you were born in seventy nine. Jesus Christ, you're a yeah. baby, fucking baby. So. Ooh. I would have been running a muck then. 79. Seven. Yeah. I, yeah I but look been. at you, man. Look at you. You look like you were born in fucking 86. You look great. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I, uh, so I was big, I was a big football kid. And so my, you know, like for me, actually, I was, I went to Bengals games and oh. I, we, we moved, we moved from Cincinnati in 1988. So that was the year that they went and they played in the Super Bowl against the Niners. And that's that famous, uh, like two minute drive with Montana and the John yep. Taylor. So I was like, at that age, I was obsessed with like Icky Woods, you uh, know, and, uh, was Kenny Anderson, the, 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 who was the, no, that was Boomer. Boomer was, Boomer, uh, was of course, of course. Yeah. Boomer was a quarterback then. And so I just was like, I loved football, but we moved to Minneapolis from Cincinnati in 88. And I was just like, bangles, bangles, bangles. And then it like, you know, within two years, they began this absolutely epic drought of just underperforming for, I don't know, it seemed like uh, decades, you know, it was just so, so bad in the nineties. And I was, uh, I was a kid. So I did, you know, I ended up going to like Vikings games. I think I'm going to become a Vikings fan. Then we moved to Milwaukee and then I'm going to Packers games. And so it kind of like, it threw me off. At least they're um, all contenders. At least all three of them are perennial contenders. Yeah. And then we moved to Florida and I'm going to Dolphins games. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like, that threw off my, my football equilibrium. But, um, but I, you know, I still, I still love the game. And, um, but, but Cincy for me, it was like, it was, you know, when you're that age and you leave, your, your memories are really like, being a, a kid so it's like riding bikes it's playing with my friends and my cousins a, a little bit of like cincinnati stuff like going yep. to Bengals. i did go to a couple reds games but it was like that to me like people would always be like oh did you go here i'm like dude i was nine i don't know any of the right. streets um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I didn't drive um yeah. and i still go back my my i still have family there so i still go back every about every year i see i go see somebody where i'm on tour there um, but yeah, it'll always be like my hometown, but I, I have less of like, you know, uh, an association with it just because of the age in which I left. It's a great, it's a great, I love, I love Cincinnati. I love Dayton. I really do. It's a great, it's such a great, 
you picked it great. Like you want to grow up there. You want to have like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. And then when you're a teenager, maybe, maybe you move, maybe. Yeah. Did you, st- did you spend your whole like adolescence in Dayton? Till I was 12. So you're 12. Where did you guys go from there? Uh, Malibu. How about that? Shocking. No, sh- really? Yeah. And the only reason we did that is my, my parents divorced and my mom was, uh, my, my new stepfather worked in Southern California as a doctor. And my mom was like a universal allergic. She was allergic to everything. Uh-huh. And they looked for the best air quality in Southern California. And Dude. that was point. Not only it was a very specific, it wasn't just Malibu. It was point doom in Malibu. And in that time, Malibu was still, um, of a, a very middle-class neighborhood. You know? I was going to say, you, you, you've seen Malibu really change. Oh. Evolve. When I yeah. grew up, it was, you know, cops and firemen could live next door to you. In that's Malibu. Not, in Malibu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's yeah, the thing you find now for people that don't know. If you go to Malibu, you find like some tech dude or some, you know, some millionaire. And then these people who are like, we bought this house in 1968. Yes. And, and, they, and they raised their five kids there. That's right. And they're like, and we paid whatever, $60,000. And now people are trying to give us $9 million for this house. 100%. Martin Sheen lived three houses down from us. He bought his house in 72, I want to say, for like 65 grand. Yeah, yeah. He's been in that house ever since. He's been in that house. He's still there. He's still there. He's still there. He, it's probably worth, oh, I don't even know. I can't, I can't even imagine what it's worth. Yeah. Can't even imagine. But yeah, that's, that's what it was. And it was a great life. It was a really, really great life. But I do remember this thing, like I coming from the Midwest and being a kid, I was like trying to get guys to play kick the can or wiffle ball or football in the, in the field or, and nobody was having it. Nobody. It was as if I was asking them to go to Mars because all anybody wanted to do was play beach volleyball or surf. Yeah. And that was it. Like no one did any of that sort of Americana. Kids just didn't do it. They, oh, yeah, it's they so would, different. They would shoot. There was a gnarly hill and they would shoot it on their skateboards. Did you get into skateboarding? I tried. I wasn't yeah, really I never, good at it. I never got it. I was, I was telling somebody about it too, is that I saw it as, um, I think a lot of California people have a different pers- Like if you're raised, like born and raised California, yeah. it, it's, it's very much part of your culture. And for me, I was like, I go, no, like we, I saw like skateboard, like now I have skateboard friend, like professional skateboarders and all this, but I was like, skateboarders to me were like punk ass kids (laughs) where like, I, I I, I go, I didn't, I didn't even want to, I saw like, if you played like football, yes, I was like, that's a man. Like that's, and I go, and then these kids were like leaning on people's cars and shit. And I was like, this is a fucking punk. You know? So I was like. I had no desire to want to hang out with them or want to be them or want to skateboard. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, okay. Like it's, I like, I didn't appreciate the skill set involved with skateboarding until I was much older. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I didn't do, but I, I see like, it's incredible, like what people are able to do on them. But, um, yeah, I never wanted to be like, to be a skateboarder. What do you, what do you have a visceral reaction when you see a grown man skateboarding down the street i do i and i and i and i I go like i know i know i shouldn't be judgmental i and i i go i pray all the time like please make me less judgmental please make me less judgmental but i'm always like are you really you you skateboarding down really the fuck sure well yeah my my reaction is i don't want to meet this guy and i don't want to hang out with him (laughs) yeah that's what i feel right i mean yeah i i have all right, let's talk about our prejudices, the ones that we can't talk about. Um, no, yeah. I'm kidding. So yeah. <laughs> when somebody says to me, how about this? When you go, yeah, uh, so I, I bet on the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm figuring, you know, the Chiefs are going to come back. Like, yeah, I don't really watch sports. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, I just, I don't know. What, it, it, like, I, I find that odd. Yeah, well, they just have zero exposure to sports. Zero. Yeah. Like literally zero. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a friend of mine, very famous actor. I'm telling you right now, he could not tell you 
what time of year the World Series is played? Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. I mean, especially if it's like a dude, right? Where you're like, because like women sometimes they'll be like, ah, I don't follow this stuff. You're like, all right, but like when it's a guy and you're like, but you don't know any of it. Yeah, and I'm none? like, and I'm like, I mean, come on, I get that you don't like baseball for sure. I get it. You've never watched yeah. a game. I one hundred. You've been alive. You're 48 years old. Yeah, you you've don't never know what's noticed, happening in October. You, you've yeah. never noticed. You've never heard of Mister October. Yeah, they don't call yeah. him Mister July. So right, it's probably October. That means like you're not even peripherally hearing about things. Ha- ha- like you don't, you don't know that spring games. How about this one? Mm. Something comes up to you. Hey, you're um. You're, uh, you're, you're, yeah, I'm Tom. Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah. God, that's great. My, my, uh, my, my son was just saying, you know, he loves you. I, I don't, I don't, I don't watch, I'm, I'm not a big movie or a TV guy. I don't do any of that, but I, and I want, and I literally, now I go, you, you mean, you don't watch any television. You don't want, you don't watch any movies or television. You're not, not interested in movies, television. Now I like (laughs) drill down on it Yeah, (laughs) because it just, it just entertains me. I feel like, and and I'll be like, I'll literally be like, you ever, you ever heard of game of thrones? Do you, do you watch? No. What about Star Wars? You, have a, you don't have any interest in Star Wars? Nah. No, nothing of that? Nope. There's adults who don't have, like when they go, I haven't seen Star Wars or like, they're like, you know, here's the thing about me. I've never seen Indiana Jones. I'm like, you've never seen one of them. You never had an, nobody ever got you to see Harrison Ford be this, like this, these are a blockbuster, humongous thing. And they're like, no idea, nothing. Like, no, okay. I can, I can kind of, understand like Aaron Sorkin the great Aaron Sorkin wrote West Wing won the Oscar for Social Network he's never seen a Star Wars movie never I think it's weird but it is weird but what's weirder is presenting yourself oh when you lead with it unabashedly no not only not only that you haven't seen Star Wars but that you're you don't really do movies and television yeah you don't do any of it you don't do any you're like hey just so you know the, the greatest form of entertainment ever created in the history of the world. It's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do it. I won't well, that do that person. That person is making the fact that they don't watch TV and film, like their personality. They want you to be like, Oh wow, that's so cool. That's yeah. so cool that you don't consume any of the stuff that the rest of us do. That's a real, well, there's also the other interesting trait. The other, the, the passive aggressive thing is, and by proxy, since you do that, I have no interest in you. Yeah, yeah. What you do. (laughs) How about that? I'm going to start using that when I meet people. Hey, just so you know, dentists, I don't like them. I'm not interested in them. I I don't care for them. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog. While you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer, every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free, clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following 
thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I feel like the one that, I don't know if you, if you have the equivalent because of the, like, there's a different aspect to live shows, but one of the craziest things to me, I always make fun of this, is when somebody goes, like, they, they either ask to come to your show or they announce they're coming to your show, right? And then after the show, they come and see you, like they're backstage or something, mm-hmm. and they make zero reference to having seen the show that just ended. Come on. Right? Like, dude, and here's the thing. I don't need to hear that was you're, the greatest thing you've ever seen. Of course. You're not going to fucking say anything. Okay, like, give me, give me a little. Give me, I'll be you. Hey, man. Hey, good to see you. I'm so glad you came. Yeah, man. Um, we're going to go, I guess we're going to go eat. And um, what song is this? I never, uh, you guys said, is this your own playlist? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, we talked, we saw Joey um, yesterday. I don't know if we're going to go to Jersey. And you're like, are you not going to say anything? Like, because I'm, what I do is I go, I try to imagine myself seeing like a musician or an actor in a play and just being like, so I know that we, um, we parked on the other side. Do they have to have hated it? That's the only, that's, that's the what only, I, I'm like, there's no like, getting, there's no other, I'm, come on. It has to be. Oh, I like, here's the thing. All you got to do is be like, great set or good set or uh, i enjoyed the show like this is what i if i saw somebody play i would be like hey man that was awesome and then you do all your book but i'm like you're just gonna stand here and you just saw a show and you're just gonna be like i'm not gonna make reference to the show it's fucking crazy it's the, crazy the those are the same people that it's that's you're right that's the same social move yeah dude it's like they're telling you everything without saying it, right? Like they're, they're you oh, know, say. it's, yeah, but it, it is a, a, it's a weird one. But then like, I've even called somebody out before, not in the moment. Later on, I'd be like, do you know that? And they're like, oh, I just, they told me, they go, I thought you just get, uh, you're so used to hearing that that you just don't say it. I go, no, no, the etiquette, the, the thing is you acknowledge the show you just saw. You fucking lunatic. Like you're at the show. It just, you're not going to make any reference to the fact that you saw a performance, you're nuts. Well, you know, you know, the other thing that, that reminds me of is like, God forbid a bad thing happens to someone, you know? Yeah. And you, I always tell my kids call, call or text, reach out because no, very few people do. And it's always, well, I figured everybody was, I figured, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when somebody like goes there, I figured a lot of people tell you you're funny, so you don't want to hear it. Like that, you can say that shit all day, all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't get now, old. Have you ever seen them in the audience? Have you ever had the, the just see like to find that person? It's hard to do because it happens after the show, obviously. But have you ever yeah. like clocked them yeah. and then had them like stiff you like that? I've 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 seen people in the audience, and then I've I've talk to them afterwards and notice that they're nervous that I've, that I've clocked nervous. before. Yeah. Yeah. People sometimes get nervous. I think there's nervous. a gunman think they, in the theater. What the fuck? 
I think they get nervous after the show when there's a lot of activity. Because sometimes on these shows, oh. you, just, you know, there's like, the, yes. there's a lot of people at the show. And yeah. then there's a lot of movement backstage with yeah. people. And I've seen them kind of be nervous, which I, that's kind of different. But, um, but yeah, it's all, I'm telling you, it's one of the weirdest <laughs> things when someone's just like, are these almonds? And you're like, yeah. Uh, just I mean, like, I can kind of, I mean, I'm just trying to put myself. Okay, so I'm like a huge Bruce Springsteen guy. Huge, right? I've And I've seen Bruce. Dude, imagine, fucking imagine if you were just like, yeah, this is a cool city. I like it here. That's what I'm trying to Man. think. Like you go back and I get it. I, you know, I've, I've seen Bruce here. I've seen him there. We've had a couple social interactions, you know, our, our kids gone, went to school. Like I know Bruce, I don't know him well, but I know him, but I still go to the shows. I'm still a fan and I go yeah. back and it's always like, the butterflies when you're going back and you're going to meet Bruce after the show and they kind of anoint you to come back. And it's the whole thing. I get, but the, can you imagine you get back and he's like, Hey, Hey, you doing? And you're like, yeah, you know, I'm vegan now. Yeah. What? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I just, I've stayed, I'm staying away from meat altogether. Any animal products really. And he's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good. Hey, no, I just, I my hands. It's, it's long and we just come off with the, Three different nights. Here's what I'll tell you. I fucking I don't I I don't mean it like I, I've never followed Bruce. I, I'm not, I'm not you know. I just never was a guy that was into it. If I saw Bruce, the fucking first thing I would say is like that was amazing, dude. <laughs> like God, that's just I'm I don't even know what it's like, and I know I would say that just to be polite. Polite. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you got to give it. Dude, I went and saw this show on Broadway recently. Well, it's not recently because it's long since recently. You get to the point where you say stuff like, I saw something recently yes. and then you actually do the math and go, dude, you're an idiot. That was almost seven years ago. Do you ever uh, have, do you have things like that? Worse. No, more than that. I, I'm always like, yeah, I think it was about, I, I always referencing it as saying like, the, the, I think it was about, it was a while ago. I think it was like 10 years ago. And then people <laughs> would be like, 10 years ago. I think it was a while ago. Yeah. And then they go, that wasn't 10 years ago, bro. That was 1999. And I'm like, oh, like everything for me is like, if it's before last year, I'll go, I think it's about 10 years ago. And, and it, it'll be like significantly older. I don't know what that is. Anyway. So I, it was, um, uh, dear Evan Hansen, legendary, uh, legendary, legendary show. And, and, uh, the kid who played Evan Hansen, gives the performance of a lifetime. I mean, it's a performance. You just can't believe as an, he, he's crying, he's emotional. He's singing like a flipping bird. It's profound. Truly. I go, I've never met this kid ever. And they, they say, would you like to go back? So I go backstage. I look at like, him. Do you like my hair? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So you said first, but literally, you know what I did? I literally, I've never met him. I hugged him. Yeah. Hugged him. Like I've known him my entire life. And I'm like, yeah. you are so fucking amazing in this show. Yeah. Oh my. Hugging this kid. I mean, I guess yeah. there's a version where I could go back and go, yeah. So, um, boy, I, the air, uh, it was, it was com the air conditioning was really good in this theater. Strong. Yeah. The air, it's yeah. good. Cause the thing is when you're hot and you're too hot, you don't really feel like watching the show. It's good that I was able to watch it because the air when was they ask cool. you about the show without telling you any, what they think of it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so think? do you, do, that thing you did about the, the birds, do you do that every night? And you're like, uh, some, I mean, I do it. I do it. That's, it's, it's part of the act, but I, I'll pick and sometimes I don't, you know, but I, it's, it's pretty much locked in. It's a good, so do you have, uh, so do you have somebody that works with you on this? Not really. No, I just kind of go up there and do it. Huh? Yeah. So like you, do you write, do you, so you write it all. It's all written out. I mean, in my head, I don't really write it out on paper, but you get used to saying it so much. Yeah. So it's the same thing every night, really. Yeah, kind of. Huh. So one I, was time, gonna... dude, I just, one time somebody goes, they saw me perform and they go, hey, do you know? And they, they say another, they said another comic. Yeah. And I go, yeah. And they go, how do you think he writes his stuff? And I was <laughs> like, I was like, what? And they go, how do you think he comes? And he wasn't on the show or anything. I was like, what? And they go, how do you think he? I go, uh, and it's it threw me off so much. I was like, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I think he probably does 
spots around town and then develops his material that way. And they were like, yeah, he's great. And I was like, cool. Yeah, he was pretty good. I was like when people were like, come back on it. Because I, I do a, a one-man show, which is really, it's, it, it, it would be, it's stand-up. It, it is. I, I just don't have the guts to call it that because people don't know me in that way. And uh-huh. I wrote I wrote books that um, are stories from my life. And that's what it is. They're stories from my life. So they're not really jokes. I guess I shouldn't say. It, but it's it's funny. It's a funny night. So, yeah. and, and I love it. So I've had this exact thing. And I, the other thing that I love is when people come back, come back and they're like, do you know Sean Penn? Yeah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's what you lead with? Yeah. Do you know him? And you're like, yeah, for a while. Huh. What's he like? <laughs> What's he like? Would he ever do one of these shows? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll call him and I'll pitch call, him the I'll idea. Find out. I mean, yeah. so, <laughs> um, but you're touring. You, this is the perfect segue. You're out there on the road right now, aren't you? Well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm taking a slight break. Um, I mean, I always have dates, but I'm not yeah. like, I just finished the heavy, heavy tour that was 21 months. So oh my I'm, God, Jesus. Yeah, so now it's like a little bit of downtime, but in that, like we were saying, it, it never like stop stops. Um, and I'll do I'll do more dates, um, you know, throughout the year, but I don't tour tour big again until next year. Gotcha. What's the next thing on the agenda? Sledgehammer, the new special, Netflix. That's my sledgehammer, by the way, in case you didn't know. Yeah, dude. I licensed it. I fucking no wrote way. that check. Yeah, yeah. You wrote the check. I wrote the check, man. You're I wrote such the check. a you did you're such a baller. I mean, it was a good tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you had the, right. So so I uh, yeah, I had to do it. Did you play it ev- does it play every night? No, 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 no. I, I I never played it once on tour. It was actually naming these things is like is such a it's like the worst, you know, coming up with names. You're like, I don't know what to call it. And so you came up with a list and it's, it's a, it's not, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a joke to call it sledgehammer because I think some people go, oh, it's like the jokes are, you know, and that's, right. that's the joke to me. Yes. Exactly. The reason that, that it's called sledgehammer is it's a reference to a bit in the special, but that's right. something that yeah. people discover as they watch. The no, special. that's the perfect. That's, that's yeah. what you want. That's the perfect yeah. title. And then when we were, Doing the build out of the, uh, the, we have an opening montage. Um, and it, you know, because Sledgehammer, my agent was like, dude, what about, you know, Peter Gabriel? Like, what about, and I was like, you think so? And then the, the, the sound guy, you know, he layered it in for me, played it. And I was like, ah, we got to do it. It was, it was, it was so great. That's so, the yeah. be- Isn't that the best when you're like, you know, fuck it. I know it's expensive, but Jesus, yes. look at, look at what it does. It just, it's worth every penny. It's worth every penny. And here's the thing that I, this is my fifth special. And what I realized is that these things really do, they just, they live forever. And, and when you do little things like that, you, you add, like, obviously the special is not about the song, but you add a little bit of like value to the experience of watching the special. Yes. Where like when somebody puts it on, they go like, oh, the song starts. And then it, it, it. You then, as the viewer, you go, oh, th- that's part of this experience is hearing that song for 10 seconds or whatever. And so to me, I was like, let's just do it. It, it makes it more special. Absolutely. The, the intangibles the, the, on anything at the end of the day are the difference. Totally. I I, and I also was never going to do this opening. We do an opening montage of like that recaps the tour. It's, it's short, but it's like, it's visual and it has all these crazy graphs. And I was like, should I do that? I don't know. And then I was like, you know, just fuck it. Like one of those things I was like, let's just, let's blow it out. It was a crazy tour. So let's, let's do this to make it again, like more special of an experience to watch. I'm psyched to see it. I'm stoked for it. I really am. It, uh, I've, uh, we worked, you know, really hard to, to, on making it. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased with what we did. How many nights did you film? I'd never done this before. I always taped two shows in one night. We taped four shows. We did wow. two Friday, two Saturday. Here's the thing that I, I've never experienced. Every time I've taped two shows, which I've done, like I said, for all the other specials, 
you take show one, you get off stage and they're like, look, you're good to go. We got it. Go out, do it again. And now you feel like the, the, the nerves are kind of gone. Yep. And, and when you get to the editing room, you always use like 85% of show two. Like right? really? show two. Yeah. Show two is always the show. It's always the show. So I show up and we're like, we're going to tape two tonight and two tomorrow. So we're taping four shows at this point. We end up using show one, one of, show one of four for the entire special. The whole special is just show one. Because you know you had the other ones, the ability to do the other ones, do you think? I actually think what happened, because we were trying to, I was trying to figure out what happened. I think I was actually, it was like good nerves where I was like, oh, you know, I want to get yes. this right. And I feel like I performed well. And the other part that you can't manufacture is that the, the crowd was bananas. Yeah. Like the energy was at a, like a 10 yeah. and you can't duplicate that kind of thing. So when I got off stage, I was like, that was easy. And they were like, yeah, now you get to do it three more times. And every time I got off stage on the other shows, I was like, I think it's show one, which is like a very unusual feeling. And then yeah. we got to, when I, when I watched them, I was like, oh dude, it's no, it's no question. We're using show one. How often are you, do you have cameras trained on the audience all the time for reactions? You have to, right? Cause that's half of it. Um, well you don't like, we don't, there's, there's for a, I shot in the round, which is, oh, there you go. Not, yeah. Sick. So oh, that's great. There was nine, nine, 10 cameras, which is, you know, usually on a special, there's like five or six. So this is like almost double the amount of cameras. But yeah, I mean, you, you get some crowd stuff, but I think you don't want to lean on it too much. You kind of just want to use it to transition. Um, oh, interesting. You know, with, yeah. with the crowd shots, because you also don't want to be like informing people like this What's, is, you know, this the is only funny. Fun, yeah. The fun time I, I like a reaction shot from a proud member is if the reaction is genuinely funny to like, not just somebody laughing, but like, I remember one time I saw in the edit, a guy was watching and he just went like that. And I just, <laughs> I loved that he did that. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, I'll oh, use that, use that. Cause he was totally like mortified by it. And that was, that was fun to use. Oh, that's a good little lesson. I like that. I want to film my, at some point I'll, I'll film my, I'll, I'll have to go to school on, or I could take the position. You know, I don't really watch other people's work. I don't, you know, I'm not really, that's not really my thing. Yeah. I don't really watch that. I don't really watch any of this stuff, man. It's <laughs> such a good vibe. Well, thanks brother. This was fun. So fun to have you on. Thanks, man. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, yes. Well, I don't know about you. I'll be watching Sledgehammer on Netflix. Um, should I wrap up this uh, episode by just saying, I don't really do podcasts. I don't, I don't really, I don't know about them. Yeah, my, my, my kids are into, I, I'm, I'm not really interested in them. <laughs> if nothing else out of this podcast, you've gotten what not to say when you come up to people. So, you're welcome. All right, just one more thing before we end today's episode. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Mr. Lowe, uh, this is Joost from the Netherlands. Walking my dog is always listening to Literally. And uh, just finished one of your podcasts. Love how you say, go back, listen to the old shows because they're designed to be evergreens. I agree. Now, there's one thing that comes up every morning when you talk to your guests. And that is when you're talking about shows. And you're talking about principles and the differences between a single camera and a multi-camera show and how much that affects everything. And it just makes no sense to me how the number of cameras on set have such an impact. So I was hoping you could explain that. So thanks for all you do. 
And I look forward to hearing from you on Literally. Bye from the Netherlands. Yost from the Netherlands. Thank you so much. Really, really thoughtful question. Okay, so here's the deal. Compare the performance from, let's say, Modern Family to a performance on Big Bang Theory. And the acting is really different. That's the difference between single camera and multi-camera. Um, people will tell you that you need to have more energy for multi-camera um, because there's a live audience and the theory is you're playing to the audience and the camera just happens to be recording what's going on. With a single camera, there's obviously no audience and you're acting for the camera. And the camera picks up every subtlety. Um, every subtlety. It's a truth-telling capturer is what a camera actually is. Captures the truth. Um, you know, if somebody is sitting 45 feet away from you, they're not going to capture every nuance. They're just not. So bigger, more energy, broader is really what it is. So when you see those actors, they're being extremely broad. And then if you're seeing the actors in a the office, Parks and Rec, those are single camera, much more real, much more grounded, we, we like to say, in the acting parlance. Um, and that's, uh, that's sort of the difference. Um, I hope that that was, was helpful. Really good question. Anyway, um, thanks, you guys. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Um, more to come on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Begar, researched by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross and myself at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe.